Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here. Um, this week we've got with us Mark from Green Beret Challenge. How you doing, Mark? Hey, what's up guys? Thanks for having us on. Right on. And then we've also got Ted, who, well, we all know Ted. So, you know, Ted Kylie, right? So you got it. I said it right for the first time. So. That's a big shocker to everybody. <laughs> it is. Um, so, Mark, tell us a little about yourself. Let the, the audience know, since, I mean, most of us are up here in the Northwest and we haven't seen Green Beret Challenge. Let us know about you and Green Beret Challenge. <clears throat> um, my background is a uh, former Army Ranger and Special Forces Green Beret. In 2012, um, I was actually teaching out at the Special Forces course at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and I was watching the growth of Warrior Dash, Tough Modern Spartan, and uh, this one day kind of slapped me in the face um, to create a race, but it was a team-based race, and it was really based on Access selection, which is probably the ultimate team challenge. So um, I went to the command and told them what I wanted to do, and they said, "Yes, go for it. It's awesome." And uh, so I kind of, you know, tailored it a bit um, for the audience. And uh, I think about 16 weeks later, we launched our first race in 2012. Nice. That's very cool. So what? What kind of stuff is in a Green Beret Challenge? I mean, you know, we've all done the, the, the Spartans and the terrain and all those, but what right. what can we expect from a Green Beret? So it, it's totally different. It's based on on, on a four-person team format, either all male, co-ed, or all female. And the events are comprised of pushing, pulling, carrying things versus tackling man-made obstacles. Although in the future, um, my intent is to put some man-made obstacles on the course. But presently, um, you'll see a lot of different types of military equipment on the race course, such as litters and sleds and ammo crates and all kind of crazy shit that I can think up of. And uh, it's, a, it's a grueling, uh, I call it eight miles, but there's a little saying, the ballast mile is a little bit longer than the regular mile. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, sometimes it's nine, sometimes it's ten. I don't know. It just depends on how I feel. But uh we, we're really good at finding unique terrain and using terrain to our advantage and uh, just incorporating um, just a little glimpse of our background into the race format and give everyone a little bit of taste of, of what it's like to go through um, a selection of that magnitude to become a great race. Awesome. So, Ted, you, you've talked to Mark a few times. What, what's your... What questions do you have? What do you want to hear about? Well, I can't remember when I first sent Mark a message just out of the ballpark. He probably thought I was crazy as you know what, but, well, we all know that's we true anyway. Yeah, we all know that. <laughs> uh, they don't call me freak show for nothing, and now I'm brute as well. Yeah. And uh, Oh, by the way, Mark, that was me that put that uh, – that Spartan Batman post on the where the fuck is group page. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that's my alter ego. I just, we need more out here. 
and I don't think anybody can test that. Um, you know, uh, everybody was excited when Spartan brought the Sprint to the Boise area, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people. We're, it, it, it's worn out its welcome. Uh, it's not the most popular venue, and um, Snohomish, um, you know, Meadowood, where, you know, Spartan has the uh, Super and then the Beast again in the fall, it's a beautiful venue, but it, it, it's wearing itself thin. And, uh, right. you know, we're, we're drooling at all our Facebook friends on the East Coast and in the South doing all these kick-ass events that we can't seem to get a taste of. And we need new blood. Yeah. And, Mark, you need new blood. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And you and, I, you and I have talked in length about this. And, and um, obviously, I'm a risk taker, so I got no issues packing up the trailer and coming out there. And, and as you know, our biggest challenge right now is just find a venue that that's um, cost-effective and, and it's it's awesome terrain. I don't need major mountains. Um, I just like, I like variants of terrain, but I don't need to put it on the side of a ski slope. That doesn't make any sense to me. There's no creativity now. So we're getting to the future. Yeah, honestly, some of us are getting tired of these death marches too that we've been subjected to lately. We just want to run a flipping race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, honestly, truth be told, there's no creativity when you put a race on the side of a mountain. I mean, the mountain itself is, becomes the obstacle, and, and I get it. Terrain should be the obstacle, but it's how you use that terrain to your advantage and, and how you place um, the, the various endurance challenges throughout that piece of property. So um, I, can, I can put something on flat land and make it grueling as I can on the side of a mountain. So um, terrain is, is absolutely crucial to us finding the right venue, finding the right fit, the right partnerships, and, and making it happen. So everybody listening, if you guys want to help us find a venue, I can promise you we'll pick up our shop and we'll come out there to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. accepted. There's a challenge right there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to look at it. There's a few, there's a few places that have been used around here in the past that aren't being used anymore. That could could really be great venues for that. I mean, my biggest thing is is like Ted mentioned the hills. My biggest issue, honestly, around here is with the fact that the lack of hills. I mean, we live in Washington. Where are you know? Well, how are we getting these flat courses that are just like, and I'm a fat guy, I'm a big guy, but I like the hills. I like to be, I like to be challenged. <laughs> so, right. you know, and it's one of those, it's just, it's so weird around here. The last, it's been very, a while since it was one of the hills, but I think the best place it would be around here is Yakima. Go to the east oh, of the down. No Because down. Yakima, if you've ever been to Yakima, that's where they've got the, the training, the, the oh, National Guard trains sure. over there and all sorts of, yeah. Well, my my Ranger and SF brother is training Yakima all the time, so very familiar with it. And um, it, that'd be a great place, actually. I um, I don't know if we find a point of contact, I'd gladly reach out to them. Um, I know Ted's been working on some some places in Boise. I have a friend who has some some property in Boise. Ted's got uh, an up and coming location. You know, so the question, I guess, the, the other question lies is, if we go to Boise, do we get you know, everybody from the Beast organization from Seattle over to Boise, or would you rather have us come to Seattle proper? I mean, in all reality, I mean, there's enough of us. You could probably do both. 
But yeah. I mean, if there was a Boise and we didn't have the option of one here, we would travel. To, we would travel to Boise to go see it. I mean, you get all the guys from Oregon and here. We all go to Boise for that. Yeah, you know, so, Mark, too is, you know, over the course of time that you and I have been chatting online, um, I have posted your events, your YouTube videos, everything else, in so many uh, private groups in both the Western U.S. and Canada and basically got the online version of a standing ovation, like, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> build it and we will come. Uh, yeah. Huge, huge response from the Hurt and Albertans on the Alberta Obstacle Course race, Racers uh, group, Band City as well. And it would probably be in your best interest to start out in Washington State because you're going to bring people from both sides of the border. And yeah. not to mention, not to mention, it's a bigger population base too. However, right. uh, I, I I saw something interesting just this morning. Now Boise has been in the top five fastest growing metros for 15 straight years now, and now Forbes put out an article just this morning that Boise and Idaho Falls, for whatever reason, that's way out in potato fields, um, are now both in the top 10 hottest job markets as well, meaning you're looking at more population growth. And whereas what comes with a big population is a certain percentage of crazy idiots that do this the stuff that we do for fun. Yeah, sure. But, um, generally so, speaking, I, I, I think Seattle area would be your number one best gamble first to get the base yeah. established here and then move outward. But, um, you know, I, I actually posted some pictures on the Beast page today. I toured a zip line property an hour out of Boise today that just knocked my fucking socks off. Um, the amount of energy that I felt up there, and I haven't been able to run. <laughs> Quite a, ever since I missed out on OCRWC last year because I turned my ankle into a soccer ball on Mount Rainier at a, at a team camp out, I just wanted to run today. I just wanted to get up and go and be a dog. This place is so awesome. So how about this? What if we build a big-ass obstacle over the Canadian border and <laughs> we run back and forth between Canada and Washington? That'd be awesome. There's <laughs> Yeah. Build a bridge. Yeah, it's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, it's probably not gonna happen. But sounds good. Well, I'm all for it, guys. I mean, I, I'm I'm glad to come up there. And you know, Ted's been telling me, you know, as you just mentioned, such a response that we're getting up there, and that's awesome, and, and uh, it's great for us. And that helps me make a good decision to come up there. I think the risk is worth uh, worth the effort. And um, Let's uh, let's figure out and make it happen. Yeah, I agree. And I'm semi-retired. I do commercial job sites when I want to supplement my income. So yeah, I I got time on my hands. So I'm free. I got lots of time to help. Like I said earlier about the the Yakima area. I mean, I think that'd be a good one because you're kind of in between Boise and Seattle. You're a little closer to Seattle, but. The terrain, and honestly, I've always wanted someone to do a race course out there because I just want to see somebody come to come to Washington, the Yakima, expecting to get the Seattle weather and get the 110-degree de- desert that they don't expect to be there. Take your tug, young man. Who owns that property? 
Which one? By the state or by the government? Yakima. I think Yakima is owned by the government. I think that it's yeah, considered. I think it's considered a base. Oh, not really a base, but a yeah. training ground. So it's it's army property, I believe. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I can leverage some of my contacts at Fort Lewis, and I made some contacts and and see if that's remotely feasible. You know, obviously we have to bounce around the military training schedule, but um, that's something I'll put on my plate is to reach out to first SF group up there in, in uh, Fort Lewis and see who I know. Well, I still know a bunch of dudes up there. Let me see if I can uh, maybe get through the public affairs officer and then track down the base commander and uh, make some inquiries. Mm-hmm. And the other question is, is how many how many people do you do you usually have in an event? There you go. Um, we're averaging around, it, it really depends on what market we're in. The Southeast, that's our best market. We're averaging three to 400 per event. Um, the word on the street, it's a super hard event. So, you know, right off the bat, it scares a bunch of people away. But um, the, the really cool cool uh, statistic about the Green Bear Challenge is we have over a 90% return rate. So once we get you on our race course, you're going to come back. It's just a matter of getting over that initial fear of what you hear in the social media about, holy shit, Bowles is a crazy man and his courses are insane. <laughs> well, that's probably true. Surviving Bowles. <laughs> Surviving Bowles, that's right. So the fact is, is everything I do is for a reason. There's a purpose behind absolutely everything that I do. And you do realize that at the end of that that race, when you cross the finish line, it all starts to make sense. And, you know, yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's going to be times you probably cuss my name. And uh, I'm, I'm cool with that because the person across the finish line is a changed human being. And they, whether we've affected them in their personal life, we've affected them in their personal or their professional life, or we just affected their outlook on life in general, that's why we do what we do. And, and that's oh, lost somebody. Yeah, I'm still here. Did we lose Mark? Uh, we lost Mark. Oh no! Hopefully he comes back in a second. I say he obviously hasn't met the beast yet. Because yeah, we 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 welcome a challenge. So I think right now we'll have a quick break and have our commercial since we lost Mark, and we'll come back from commercial when when Mark comes back. Yeah. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you. Because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com. For the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Oh, nope. hey, I'm back. Yeah. Right. We missed you. We did. Did, around. did you bring <laughs> beer? <laughs> I got beer. Okay. All right. So we were talking about, what were we talking about? How many people? Yeah, so Sorry. I'm on my, my tangent about how we build better humans and all the awesomeness that agreement challenges. Yeah. <laughs> Which the question that I have is, I mean, you haven't met the beast yet. We're a crazy group. 
this is like a challenge that would be like right up our alley. And I mean, there's 2,000 of us. That's awesome. So hey, if you had a race, at, at what point would you cut it off and say, okay, we can't take any more and maybe even do a second day or do another event or how would you, how would you, how would that work? Because I mean, I, I honestly, I'm not going to make any guarantees, but yeah. you know, me and Ted were talking, Terrain Race came in here, you know, with like one race, I think last year, and suddenly they were at five this year in the Pacific Northwest oh. and all of them made enough money to keep going. Yep. Yeah. So um, if we got to about 90 to 100 teams in one day where we saw that happen and we would bump to the next day, I got no problem doing that. Okay. I just, like I said, I know the beasts and I know a crazy idea like this. I mean, the beasts are going to, they'll salivate and just run to it. I mean, we love these kind of challenges. We love this kind of, this is what we live for. Yeah. And it, it's so different guys from, from anything you've ever seen. Like, People try to replicate what we're doing, but unless you live the life, you, you really can't. And it, it's just it's just such a cool, uh, dynamic, and different event. And when people do it, they're like, why have we waited so long? Or, holy shit, this thing is like the most awesome thing ever. So, and, and the other thing is, it's a really nice change from every other weekend doing an OCR, right? So we do the same obstacles all the time, and we run the same events and all that kind of shit. Um, this brings a completely different flavor. Um, you know, you're really not beating your body up. Yes, you're pushing point carrying things, but doing what your body's meant to do. Um, so yeah. you're not banging yourself off the walls. You're not falling off a 30-foot rope climb and shit like that. So um, it's just a totally different, unique approach to to an endorse event. Because that's awesome. I mean, and the one question is, is it all? Is there only one event that you do, or is there multiple types? No. I mean, is it just kind of there's the Greenberry Challenge, or is there Greenberry Challenge ever, different things? When we started, uh, it was just one event, the Team Challenge. It was, so the company was called Greenberry Challenge. The race was called the Greenberry Challenge. Um, a couple years ago, you know, the Good Idea Ferry said, hey, Mark, you need to start an individual race that draws more people. So we kind of slid into a little more obstacle course-centric event, um, but we still had some of the GBC flavor from the team event. So we started the operator course in 2016. It's roughly a 10K obstacle course with five to six endurance challenges. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously a little bit lighter, a little bit, a little bit shorter. Um, so that's, we've done well with that, but in 2019, I kind of go back to what got us started, what is our differentiating factor, and what is a Green Beret team really about? And it's really about teamwork. So um, the focus in 2019 is our team challenge, although we do have the individual OCR, we have a 12-hour endurance challenge as well, which I would love to bring up there is it's wicked. And see, that sounds like something, I mean, we have, we had a lot of people in the beats that are endurance, the endurance guys um, that do the rock, the rocks. They do all the Spartan endurance. They do all that kind of endurance, and they're always looking for another challenge with endurance. Um, yep. I mean, in fact, Spartan, the only I think the I think it's still the only 24-hour hurricane heat or whatever. The only one they've ever done is here in Seattle. And well, Seattle, our guys love endurance. Exactly. That's what you want. 
Yeah, that's bring Green Bray here do an endurance challenge here. I mean, the Beats even have, we have our own endurance called the Beats Breaker, and there's another one called Ghost that they, the Beats put on just, you know, I mean, they're really yeah. small, but they're endurance events. I mean, Beats are all about sure. endurance. If you got a 12-hour endurance event, I'm I'm sure I can get some Beats on that one. Oh, hell yeah. How many miles, how many miles do you guys typically do in your endurance challenge? <clears throat> well, Ghost was not technically a mileage intensive thing um it was uh on the washington coast in the middle of january winter even though there's no snow on the ground it was cold af um i'm sure it was, it was kind of like it was a team challenge scavenger hunt themed kind of thing where you could also steal from the other team and whatnot um however we had to come together <laughs> as one to haul these big giant telephone pole sized logs up a slimy, muddy hill and back down and build a bridge for the property owner. And nice. it, was slick as, it was slick as snot. And uh, awesome. cold about, about 3 in the morning. And then we broke up yeah. again into teams again and started thieving from each other again and stuff. And um, it was a game. And it was awesome. And uh, I can't wait for the next one. And Adam, our fearless leader, invented the whole thing. And yeah. I can't wait until it gets bigger. It was so fun. You should come join us. I, I love the thieving. I, I'll be all over that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it makes it fun. You get that you get that team aspect, but at the same time, you've got, yeah. like, okay, we're a team, and we're going to be a team to do this really hard part, but then after that, we're going to yep. go back to getting you again. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's kind of a cool dynamic where, you know, you got to play well with others, and all of a sudden you're out for your own again. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we uh, we had a little challenge where we had to light a fire in the middle of a field and keep it going all night in the rain. And somebody on each team just happened to have a plastic tarp to shield it and whatnot. And um, I just happened to spot the remnants of a debris fire that the property owner was using that day. And we took big chunks of coals down the hillside across and got our fire going. And the poor other team had to resort to lighting tampons on fire. So it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, battlefield recovery. I love it. Yeah, so I mean that's kind of you know I mean like I said the beast we're all about that kind of stuff. So I mean that's kind of our our background a little bit. You know we're 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 definitely into the the endurance side. And I mean I think we'd have a lot of fun and learn a lot from you. Yeah, they, they, we're definitely that's that's really our forte. Whether it's the commando team challenge, the twelve hour challenge, or you want a twenty four, no problem. We can do that too. Whatever. You name it, we'll do it. <laughs> we so definitely got to get you up here. We got to hook you up with Adam and get like, because I mean that would be, you know, and, and definitely I think once people hear this this episode of the podcast, I would not be surprised to start getting all sorts of like info in <laughs> on, you know, on what we can do for you know workouts and stuff like that. And I mean, sure. for a venue, what do you need? What well, what do we need? Like, um, what would we need to get from someone to get to you? Um, you know, I can, based on terrain, um, I can slap this thing on a couple hundred acres, no problem. Um, it's really just comes down to, you know, getting creative with the terrain and course design. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think 150 probably, um, the minimum. Again, it really depends on, on the lay of the land, but you find us a couple hundred acres, I can make it work, no problem. 
Okay. Yeah, and the place the place I toured today is 280 acres. Okay. Oh, that looks huge. This that looks awesome. Cool. And that video is. You know, and it's one of those things. It might be, you know, if you can't find a place in Seattle, you do one in Boise, and it might bring, you know, people who look even closer in Seattle. But I mean, there's a few places here in Seattle that I can talk to some people that I know. I'm in, yeah, I'm in construction, but I might know some people that have some property. But let's see if we can figure something yeah. out. Well, here's, here's yeah. the other cell point, guys. Is mm -hmm. we don't. We don't tear up the venue. Like, we're not coming in with heavy equipment and digging water pits and all that other kind of garbage. So when we leave that venue, it's as if we were never there. Other than some foot traffic, we're not tearing up their property. And I know a lot of people that I've spoken to in the past that own venues like, hey, you know, Tough Mudder came in here and destroyed my property and never came and fixed anything or whatever. I have to toss Tough Mudder machine in example. But, you know, the race companies that, that uh, dig, all that kind of stuff. So we don't do that kind of crap. Um, we're in, we clean up, we leave. It's like we're never there. So if that's a concern when you're talking to anybody, let them know that we're not digging the property, we're not tearing anything up. Um, we're just merely running and walking and hiking across their land. Nice. So I know you've mentioned the, the team challenges. What kind of challenges are they? Um, just kind of give people an idea of what we're, you know, well, what they're looking at here, I mean, sure. you know, I've seen, you know, of course, most of you guys have the, the experience of Spartan or whatever. I mean, I know we talked to, we do a lot of Spartans around here, but yeah. it's most of the experience there. I mean, I've seen them carry huge tires as a team and stuff like that. But I mean, what kind of, but that's using bringing something in. It sounds like what you're talking about is more using what's there. No, I, I'm definitely bringing stuff in. So, okay. Um, a lot of our, a lot of our events have a little trademark name, and some of them do come from uh, SF Selection. For example, like we do the Sandman, and the Sandman is basically a military uniform stuffed with sand. And it's either on a sled that you drag or on a, on a sled that you – or on a litter that you carry. That's one example of the Sandman. Um, we'll do the Barney Rubble, and it'll be um, – some some long pulls, some short pulls, some lashings, um, probably a heavy barrel of water and a couple of tires, and you have to build an apparatus to push, pull, carry that um, an unknown distance to the team. We don't tell you what the distance is; we just give you the route. Um, but a lot of it is a lot of the the stuff on the race course is ingenuity. Um, I could probably make a living teaching people how, how to tie knots. It's probably the funniest shit that I've ever seen in my life is watching people try to tie knots <laughs> and these apparatuses they build that fall apart and they're pissed off and they're throwing shit and they try to retie it and they can't tie a knot and it's just, it, it's it's funny. I, my, actually, my pro team bought me a GoPro and, and the rest of my, my whole GBCD team, they bought me a GoPro for my birthday a couple months ago. And... I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start having that on my person when we do the events because you can't make this shit up. Watching people tie knots is one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen in my life. But that being said, um, the body rubble. So you have to build like a improvised cart to push for carry. You have the Sandman. We have uh, the Bubba Yega, which is a series of yokes and sandbags and sleds that you get a push, drag, carry, crawl, whatever. 
um, and a couple other signature events that you guys will find out once we come up there. So it sounds like it's not like most of the ones that I've seen. I mean, I've heard some of the some of them have a little bit of like where you have to think, but not a lot. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like yours is brute strength is not going to get you through it. Not at all. I mean, it helps that a lot of finesse and and being a little bit smarter than the next team. Um, so I always tell people like, what you know, how do we train or what can we do to be successful? And you know, without giving the secret sauce or giving the events away, I'm like, when you come up to an endurance event, look at the equipment that that's provided, and think about what makes sense from an engineering standpoint or you know, simple physics. I watch teams take four posts and tie them together, and then instead of putting the weight above their shoulders, they'll put the weight below, and that just sucks you to the ground. Yeah. Um, so simple physics, um, think about what makes sense. If you had to move this from point A to point B, what makes the most sense? Don't be in a hurry. Take your time. Think through the problem. Build yourself the apparatus that makes sense, and then that's where you're going to make up time on the race course, being efficient and being smart about what you have to build when you have to build it. That makes sense. So I think this is one that I would really like that, you know, isn't all about isn't all about brute strength and the great athletic guys are gonna be the one I mean they're having a little bit of advantage, but so is yeah. the the smart guy. The guy's like, Oh yeah, for sure. Let's work better, not harder. Exactly. So and work smarter than harder, then you know, so that yeah, that brings up another point is team selection. You're not just looking for the strongest guys but and, and girls but who has some sort of engineering background or who has some sort of Boy Scout background or military background. And if you, you know, if you strategically build your team with that thought process, you're going to do really well. You don't have to be the strongest team out there. If you're the smartest team out there, you're going to do really, really well. Yeah, so you want, you want a team that's a little bit mixed. You know, maybe someone with some strength, another person that, you know, is a little more of an engineering background and that sure. kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the thing about the team. You never know what what that person brings to the table. So those are things that you definitely want to exploit. You know, when, when stress hits the environment and you're doing an event and people starting to, you know, get a little testy, um, that's where you start to have the storming, norming, performing phases of team building leadership. So shit starts going sideways and everybody gets pissed off and wants to choke each other. But if you have, if you have an understanding of the dynamics of a team, play on their strengths, and then the other folks that are stronger in one thing will overcome some of the weaknesses of the other team members. So what you're saying is exactly correct. If you have a diverse group of people, um, it's going to serve you well. You don't need, you know, four can hawks out there because you know they're going to slow down at some point in time so yeah. you know endurance endurance is a weird thing you know the, the fast runners may not win by race because that weight will just crush them um but the, the big stout or massive dudes probably aren't going to win either so endurance is a really tricky thing it's it's the ability to move long distances underweight but it's also having the stamina and the speed 
um, the, te the, the times that you're not underweight. So you're, you're running um, or the, the, the uh, time period between the endurance events is really your recovery time. What you choose to do during that recovery time is entirely up to you. You guys decide to run, you decide to walk, um, with whatever the case may be. So endurance is a really well-rounded athlete that, that's really good or really is pretty good in several different areas. He's strong, he's fast, he's, you know, the same for the females. And actually females do really, really well in our race course because they don't sit there and fight amongst each other. They actually think about the problem and they come up with a plan. Or guys just yeah. kind of like try to muscle through it. It's really cool to watch. I've had, I've had an all-female team beat everybody on my race course one year. And uh, that doesn't surprise me because I, I get it that you get a lot of guys, and not to sound bad, but a lot of guys you get the egos. Oh yeah, you know, hey, yeah, you get the ego of hey, I've got to be the smartest and the best and all that. And it's like, well, you're not. That's why we picked you in the team because you're the strongest. And he's the smartest, but he's not very strong. And, you know, that's why we have the team as diverse as it is, so that everybody has a place, you know. So, yeah. No, I, I've seen that, you know, many times, you know. Because I'm, I'm one, I'm known to be, I'm usually one of the slowest ones on the course. I'm not that fast, but I'm the one that stays back, and I'll make sure that, make sure that all the beats finish. That you know everybody. Right. I'll catch anybody who's slowing down, pick them up, and you know make sure they finish. I help everyone over the walls. I'm that guy. So right on. I like the idea of a team like that where it's you know everybody's working together because that's that's my style of even doing you know any race. Is you know I'll stop. I know I'm never going to win first, but part of that's going to be because if I get to a wall and I see someone struggling, I'm going to stop and help them. Because right that's just who I am, and that's why I love a course like this. It's you know, you're helping each other, you're working together. Yeah, everything's about that, man. It, you know, you you have to, you know, some of the stuff that we said going through our selection process. You have to set aside your own personal misery for the betterment of the team. And if you're if you're mentally able to do that, and not everyone can, but if you're mentally able to do that. Um, <laughs> That you you just you serve your team well, you serve yourself yourself well, and and it, you just really enjoy a really cool experience. Something is so different in this industry. But, yeah, see, that sounds you know, awesome. Yeah, drop that personal misery. Don't worry, everybody else is suffering, so who cares, right? So put it aside exactly. and, and 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 help your fellow teammate. Yeah, uh, and I love that idea. And I mean, I've I've seen that so many times, you know. When in doing races myself, I mean, I've been the longest I've been on a race course was 13 and a half hours. Wow. And that was because two of my teammates got hurt. But we decided, well, we're not going to quit. We're just going to keep going. And we're going to get you guys through this. And we kept helping them. And then we caught up to another teammate who had been left behind by a couple other teams and was mentally broken. For three miles, she shuffled her feet and giggled. That's it. She didn't talk to us, nothing. Yep. We're just mentally broken, but we're like, cool, well, come on, let's go. We're going to get everyone through this. And it was the most rewarding race I've ever had. I mean, yep. it was 13 and a half hours of stuck. But yep. at the end of that race, every beast that showed up to that race finished it. Cool. You know, the cool thing about that, that is, on that course, finished it. The thing that I really like about what you just said 
you might have not been the first one across the finish line, but you guys were the best team. And you yeah. guys had a had a major victory because you put aside whether it's personal gain, personal misery, or whatever the case may be, and you set aside all that bullshit for your teammates, whether they were your teammates or other teammates. It doesn't matter. The fact is, you know, you guys are helping each other. That's the whole focus of the Green Bay Challenge. That's a community that, that I've taken a personal interest in building. Um, we're not the biggest race company out there uh, by no means we never will be we don't want to be i want to have a core group of people that believe in what we do um <clears throat> that want us to come produce a great event for them i build every race course myself i'm at every event i'm on the race course with you if you're suffering i'll jump on there and help you it isn't about the fastest team crossing the finish line it's about what you do with your team during that event and that's what makes it so special. I love that. I, I love that aspect. I really, after talking to you, I, I definitely want the Greenberry Challenge up here because that's that's the aspect that I love about like the beast and you know the group that I the, the team that we're on is we have that aspect of it's not about being the best. It's not about being the first. It's not about being the biggest. It's about the team finishing. Right. And it's getting Yeah. You know, it always makes you think of when you see what the pictures are like Wolfpack, where they put the, you know, they put the oldest out in front. So that that's the pace you go. You know, there's yeah, that's what I love say old. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, we put Ted out in front. But, you know, you, you make I'm sure you, you guys check the team. Eh. Hey. But you're, you're, how old are you? I just turned 50. You're oh, a baby. I get my first <laughs> baby's discount this year. Do, do I win the prize? I hit the big 5-5 no. five fives last month. Oh, man, you are old, dude. Old as freaking dirt. God bless you, man. Get your discount. Actually, there's so, a few older... There are a few older on this team, so I, 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 I'm not the leader of the geriatric uh, AARP crowd, but I'm close. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do we'll that up, but that on the letter. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's the other thing that's great about this team, too, is the fact that you have people all the way from, you know, kids, you know, 13, 14 yep. years old, some even younger, out running these courses to, you know, with the team all the way up to, I can't, I was trying to think, I think Jenna... Jenna's dad, John, is in his 70s, That's awesome. and he's still out doing it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's amazing just to see that big, big of a group, and, I mean, from all different backgrounds, all different ages, and we all get together and just make sure that everyone has a great time and finishes. And that's why I think oh, Green Beret would be a huge fit with us. That's, that's the most important thing, man. Out there to have a good time, a little camaraderie, a little fellowship, um, a little test of wills, a little gut check, and then uh, we go to the house at the end of the day. <laughs> so what other questions did you have, Ted? What, what did you want to bring up? How quick can we get it going? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. When, when's, when's this asshole coming? <laughs> uh, no kidding. 
You know, I uh, <clears throat> when we lost you for a few minutes there, Mark, um, you know, we were kind of reiterating on the fact that uh, Terrain Race managed to fill four venues in the Northwest this year successfully. Uh, they had Eugene, Portland, Olympia. Olympia. Yeah, five if you count BC. And, um, you know, we we're talking about with you, Yakima versus Seattle and everything. But, hey, why not both? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> well, we I think we set forth a challenge. So to all the listeners out there, from you to me, you find us the venue, we're coming, I promise. This is awesome. We need a final. All right. That is my so do you have anything? Do you have anything in closing, Ted, that you want to ask or say? Well, I just... Um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I'm really glad that uh, it escalated to this. Um, I knew when I sent Mark that first message months ago that this could morph into a very good relationship, and it is a good fit for us misfits, <laughs> all pun intended. Um, yeah. I just want to see this go forward. I've been slowly promoting Mark throughout the region, lots of positive response and let's just watch it snowball. Get this thing going. I agree. But, hey, guys, I'm actually working on my 2019 schedule. So as this develops, um, based on weather patterns and y'all's SCR schedule, what would be a good month for us to take a hard look at coming? Well, Seattle's got four seasons. You got rainy, you got wet, you got muddy, and you got mucky. Take your pick. <laughs> the shittiest. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in Seattle, I mean, it, it really depends on what you want. If you want a nasty, wet, rainy, anywhere between December and probably May, um, which I think, honestly, right now we have very, very few races during that time because of that reason, um, which for me, I think because of that reason, we should have more. But, <laughs> sorry. Um, the other one is probably, I think we have kind of a whack in like the June, June time. I mean, we have a few smaller ones at that time, but typically, okay. you know, the bigger ones, you know, Spartans here in April and, you know, September, Tough Mudders usually in September, so is uh, Warrior, some of those. Like I said, we have some of the smaller ones, I think, that are like June, July, but nothing that, besides us traveling, you know, to other places, June and July are usually pretty, pretty dead amazingly. Um, okay. That's usually my time when I do normal 5Ks and I don't do a whole lot of mud runs during those two months. So June right now is wide open for us. And other than the first week of July, it's also wide open. And August is wide open for us right now. I, have, I haven't really plugged anything in there yet. So we definitely have a window of opportunity that we can make this thing happen from our end. Um, mm -hmm. It's a matter of luck. In fact, you know, I'm so confident in my race development that I don't even need to come up there before. I'll come up like a week and a half in advance. I don't need to see the thing. If you guys say, hey, Marcus is a great place for an eight-mile team challenge, I'll take your word for it, and then I'll be up 10 days prior, and I'll build the course. Yeah. You know, and as, so. as far as uh, Boise goes, uh, we get some pretty wicked, nasty heat here in the summertime, but that venue I toured is a little bit above that heat line. 
But um, generally, the snow is gone by May in that part there. Um, May, early June, or I posted some beautiful fall color pictures. I think people would be ecstatic to do a race, say, October, early November, because it's kind of a dry spell for the region. Um, People tend to, you know, they need their race fix. They go down to the Sacramento Super early November. Other than that, it's kind of dry up here as far as venues go. So, you know, maybe October would be a great time for Boise. Yeah. Do it, guys. Let's make it happen. So, for all the listeners out there, if you know of a venue, send a message to me or Ted, and we'll make sure that it gets to Mark. Um, or you can send it. I mean, how how can, can we get a hold of you? If someone had a great idea on a venue, what where would they, they reach you? Guys, I'm, I'm totally accessible. You can either send a message to the website, uh, greenbrightchallenge.com, or Mark Ballas on my personal Facebook page or on the Greenbrite Challenge Facebook page. I answer all three, or if you hit us on Instagram, um, at Greenbrite Challenge, um, it's me answering all those messages. So uh, feel free to reach out. I respond personally to everything, and uh, we'll go from there, guys. Yeah, and uh, out to everybody there, too. Um, don't hesitate to contact me as well because uh, I got free time. Most of my time is spent contemplating remodeling my home. But, On uh, Facebook? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm a multitasker. You know? two, two dyslexics walk into a bra. Anyway, um, it's pretty easy for me to hop in the car, too, and travel and check something out for Mark, you know, since he's on the other side of the country. So let's mm-hmm. get it going. Perfect. All right. Just Anything else you want to have in closing? Thanks. Thanks for having us on, guys. This, this kind of re, like reinforces everything that Ted said to me about y'all's interest in Green Bay Challenge. I really oh, yeah. appreciate that. And um, I, I will do everything I can to get there. Once we have a venue, um, we will make it happen. All right. We're going to make you it happen. It. We're making oh, yeah. it happen. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for being on. Um, I have a feeling we'll be talking to you again. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, thank yep. you, Ted, for for putting me on the, the trail of Mark. And, yeah, I can't wait to, to see what happens to this and when I, when I get to do that Green Bray Challenge. Mm-hmm. Surviving awesome. ballast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. All right, okay, guys. guys. See yeah. ya. Take care. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.